how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another big monster movie that also has the name of uh, a movie we reviewed a little bit ago, too. <laughs> Godzilla 2014. Yeah. The start of this uh, new monster verse that's been going on. Is this called Legends Godzilla? Or is this something else? Does it Monsterverse? Monsterverse. Legendary is the like production company that makes them. So, ah, okay. Sometimes I'll call them like the legendary films or whatever, but that's just another way to put it, I guess. I have heard that, and I just thought these newer ones were called the Legends or something. <laughs> <laughs> they are legends. It's Godzilla and Kong. That is true. We're building up to the duel and the battle. The second go-around. Yeah. Who will win this time? But we're going to talk about that later because Godzilla 2014, this was directed by Gareth Edwards, who also did a little movie called Star Wars Rogue One and Monsters. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Rogue One. What? (laughs) At least I forgot he did that. I forgot about Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think him doing monsters ultimately probably like led him to be the dude to do this movie godzilla because he handled some pretty big monsters in that movie it's very i was was gonna bring it up actually because a lot of what he does in this is very similar to what he does in monsters yeah pretty much but we're going to get into it. Um, so who wants to give us the synopsis of Godzilla 2014? <laughs> Hearing no one, I'll just read IMDb. World is beset by the appearance of monstrous creatures, but one of them may be the only one who can save humanity. Um, and I'm guessing that that's supposed to be Godzilla <laughs> in form. Yep. Use the context clues um, with the title, but yeah, Godzilla. We're going to spoil this, so... Yep, that's true. Probably spoilers for the uh, the old ones, too. And I may spoil something that happens in the middle of Rogue One. But what'd you guys think of Godzilla 2014? You know, it's not my favorite, but I do think that it was a step in the right direction for American Godzilla movies. I would agree with that statement. The last attempt was definitely not um, as well, <laughs> uh, I guess. What's the right word? It wasn't It wasn't very good. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take, I know, but <laughs> not a big fan of the, the last time they tried. It definitely feels like, he, like they understand the like character of Godzilla a bit more. They've kind of like combined a lot of different um like takes on Godzilla here and kind of got like a nice combination of everything. I kind of had a question about that actually. You know, in full transparency, I finished this movie about 30 minutes ago, so I have not had time to do a lot of reading. So like I know that after OG Godzilla, where he's like a force of nature, right? Like, destroying the city, taking the buses, tearing the bridges down. He kind of becomes like a hero, like an anti-hero figure for Japan, right? And does some 
flying kung fu and laser breath moves to take out the other monsters it depends um there's definitely the heroic arc in the original showa era and then like afterwards they kind of just pick and choose on an individual movie basis if he's gonna be a hero or a bad guy <laughs> yeah after that he's kind of more of a animal illistic godzilla that kind of he's sometimes he's on your side sometimes he's just doing his own thing well see that was kind of my question here coming out of this movie is what was godzilla's end game like was he there to destroy the city and eat some radiation or was he there to fight the moth monsters and save the city and normally I would say, you know, he was fighting the moth monsters, not moth. They're like bat things, I guess. The mutos. Yeah. So like, it seemed like because after he won the fight, he just left. Didn't do any more city destroying and kind of gave like a triumphant roar to rally the people. So I'm a little confused <laughs> on his motives and character. Well, he's hunting those guys. He's the balance. Yeah, he's... He's like their natural predator. He keeps them in line so they don't, like, overpopulate and destroy everything. So this was never about the city and, like, eating radiation for him? No. He's the natural response to these monsters coming up. Yeah, which builds into the next Godzilla movie, yeah. King of the Monsters. Uh, yes. I do remember that movie being a ton of fun to watch. You know, this one was a ton of fun, too. Like, we saw this in a a packed IMAX like we went there and we're like let's go see Godzilla no one's gonna be there we got there and it was packed like people were excited for it and I had we had to sit in the front row oh man that was pretty cool I think seeing this in IMAX would help a lot I think that's the only way to see Godzilla movies because like when he actually roars like your seat shakes and you can hear it and it looks so good on the screen too the picture in CGI that's the best way to see a Godzilla movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I do think the um, his motives, I guess, it's kind of interesting because he doesn't really go out of his way to destroy stuff. Like, I think it kind of, like, just happens, you know? It's not his first priority just to wreck everything. He doesn't mind if he does necessarily, but, like, he's not just, like... There's a couple scenes where, like, he's approaching a bridge and he kind of, like, hesitates. And he's like, well, I don't know if I should just walk right through this. And then the military blasts him. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to walk right through this. <laughs> it's very then, kind of him, like, at the end when he leaves to avoid all the buildings and step around them all and <laughs> not subject the people to any more horrors for the day. Yeah, he's not going out of his way to like, destroy humanity. I mean, they're, like, definitely caught in the, the battle of this giant monster stuff. But he's not the destroyer looking just to kill everything. They definitely play him up as the hero in this, for sure. Like like what Fox said, um, he doesn't purposefully destroy a building unless, like, he's provoked to by the military or something like that. I mean, he swims underneath the aircraft carriers and battleships half the movie, too, so... He's showing up to fight the Mutos and kill them, basically. He's, like, he's not there to <laughs> ruin the the humans lives and he he's just there to restore the balance of nature in this movie rather than being yeah like the metaphor for radiation i get that he's just basically a metaphor for like mother nature and the balance of nature i think even surizawa in this movie has a line about like mankind's arrogance is something about thinking they can control nature control nature and he's like 
let them fight. And it's like, yeah, Godzilla is basically there. He is, quote unquote, nature restoring the balance. These Mutos are definitely tipping it in the wrong side. So he's showing up to wipe them out. And Godzilla works good as a force of nature. I mean, it's taken that straight from the original films from Japan, of course. Because once he's not being symbolic of the atomic bomb, he kind of moves into that role. He's the force of nature that you can't stop. And that's played up even more in Shin Godzilla as well, too. Because that one, he's not just about the nuclear reactor meltdown, but about the, like, the earthquake and the tsunami and all that stuff so even in this one he there's some imagery that's kind of similar like when he first shows up and the the tides come in there's like a huge waves that's like all because of him yeah like just because his presence is causing all these natural disasters It, it feels like a disaster movie sometimes too more than a godzilla film which was interesting i thought Gotta say, it kind of felt weird to me this time around, you know? It uh, it was there, and it was imagery, but it, you know, didn't have that theme or really anything to say about it. I don't know, it felt very Americanized, you know? Yeah, no, we're not gonna talk about nukes, and the military's gonna save the day with bombs. That's true. The destruction stuff all looks really good, I think, but yeah, I don't think they really go too much into, like, the ramifications of it. They like they kind of touch on it a little bit, like when the yeah, like I was saying, the tsunami that you see the flooding water, and you can kind of make out like people down there like floating, but you don't really ever get like a huge emotional impact from like the at least most of the time from like civilians running around and getting caught in the wake of this stuff. Yeah, I mean the only like thing they do they kind of tie them back to having more meaning than just showing up to fight monsters is at the beginning when, like, they open it with the atomic blast and then, like, the little ash and fallout is the backdrop of the title screen or whatever. I was like, that's cool. I like that element, but, I mean, that's about as deep as it goes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, nuclear energy. I guess there might be something about that in this because that's what the Mudos are after is, like, nuclear energy. So maybe there is some sort of message about nukes and stuff still in this, but... I was kind of trying to figure that out, too, myself. <laughs> it's way was... down there, if it is. It's not very apparent. <laughs> it's super subtle. I guess I'm kind of happy they at least incorporate it, kind of, because it does feel like it's pretty important, just to his, like, mythos. So even if it isn't necessarily him who's going out of his way for radiation, at least there's some sort of plot line that kind of connects it a little bit. Yeah, I think you were right in the beginning when you said, you know, it. it's a step in the right direction. It shows they care more about it than the Roland Emmerich movie did, that's for sure. I remember liking this movie when I saw it in IMAX for the first time in 2014. Um, and I have seen this one other time before this time that I watched it. So this last time was the third time I've watched it. Because I know we've talked about it before. <laughs> back in college radio and this time i think it frustrated me more than anything else like the the big fights are cool and when godzilla is there he is cool the cgi looks really good but there's a lot of times where he's about to like fight one of the mutos and it like cuts away from it or you get the perspective of the dudes who are on the ground the military dudes going to get the bomb and deactivate it the nuke 
you just see it through their eyes like they see these big monsters fighting which is a cool perspective but Godzilla isn't really in his movie very much the good uh Godzilla fans out there have put together um some statistics <laughs> on Godzilla movies and how much he's in there uh Godzilla's only in this movie for 9 minutes and 56 seconds and this is a 2 hour and 3 minute movie so he's only in 8% of the movie which puts it at number 30 out of well I guess King of the Monsters isn't on this list but he's only in 8% of his movie and I get why because apparently creating his um like CGI model was super taxing and it would have taken like one computer 450 years to render it all but I don't know it feels kind of cheap looking back on it how much Godzilla is not in this movie and the like main characters all seem really weak for me the main characters the humans it is frustrating I agree like he he keeps doing it to build up that fight at the end right try and build up tension for that but i mean it just doesn't work like you said you get frustrated because you want to watch godzilla fight something we want to do that because this is very unlike the original um the original has good characters that you follow that have interesting moral predicaments and represent more than what just their character archetype plus um godzilla represents more in that film too but in this one, he's like we just talked about. He's here to to beat up the Mutos um, and restore balance. That's all he's doing. So if you're going to keep cutting away from him, you've got to have good characters with good stories that are going to keep you engaged in the human element. And I have no idea why he chose to do this, but he, in the first 30 minutes of the movie, decides to remove all of that stuff that he had in the film and leave it in the hands of um, Kick-Ass and Elizabeth Olsen, who, to her credit, she does her part good, but Kick-Ass is like, oh, he's so boring in this movie. This brings me into a quick Spoiler for Rogue One, so if you don't want to hear it, to skip over a little bit. But Gareth uh, Edwards, I mean, he does the same exact thing in Rogue One. This guy kills off the dad characters in his movie. And I'm like, why not have them together for the whole movie? And then if you're going to kill a character, do it at the end so you have that emotional weight. Why set up Brian Cranston's character and then kill him right at the start? Because we had emotional attachment for that scene where he, like, had to say goodbye to his wife through the, the, like, blast doors. That human element was on point there. And then it just removes it. I'm like, what are you even doing? <laughs> to me, it feels like a storytelling flaw almost, right? Because literally the first 30 minutes of this movie is all about Brian Cranston and what his character's going through, right? He's the main focus. It's all about him and what he's doing and the tough decisions he's got to make. And then after that, like, that heart-wrenching scene, oh my goodness, it's so good. Like, I love the setup. The first act of this movie is awesome. I love it. And it's because of Brian Cranston. 
and how good he is. Like as an actor, the story's engaging and he keeps you engaged because of his performance and you feel sorry for him and you care for him and you want to see him succeed. And so like the first act is all about him and you barely get to know his, his son, Annie, right? He's just there as a tool for Brian Cranston's story. And then they just kill him off at the end of act one. And we're supposed to follow his son kick ass for the rest of the, and I'm just going to call him kick ass forward. I'm just going to call him kick ass. <laughs> they just kind of plop you in the following him for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, why you spent all this time in this awesome first act building up Brian Cranston's character just to dump him and follow his son? I think I know what he's going for, but I don't think he pulls it off. I think it's about like Brian Cranston's uh, has a big family tragedy that causes him to get obsessed and get caught up in all this craziness, and he be- then he neglects his family, and then I think the. The idea that doesn't quite get explored is that the same thing happens to Ford where finally he can forgive his dad, but then his dad dies and then he gets caught up in it. Frank Hansen says something like, just go back to your family. And I mean, I guess he tries, but he never quite makes it. It, He doesn't make it because of the stupid gung-ho America plot line, right? It's like, ah, you got to go do this because America, America, right? And it's dumb. It's such a like weak substitute for the setup that we had with Cranston's character. That's what I really liked about Shin Godzilla, you know, was the protagonists we were following. And in this case, I feel like he was like, mm, engineers, they can't live through this sort of thing. But American naval troops? Now there's your guy. Uh, yeah, it feels it feels like that Americanized plot line to me, really. Yeah, I don't like Ford very much either. But I do think, yeah, Brian Cranston, he he is so good and it I just it's just such a shame. Yeah, I, I wish I wish they could have kept him. He knows everything about like he knows more than the like research teams know about some of this stuff. Like and then when he dies, it's like, well, the son doesn't know anything about this, so like <laughs> why is he even here? I definitely agree. If they could have kept Brian Cranston and Ford together. That would have made it such a more impactful human connection in this movie because half of it is, yeah, just Ford trying to get back to, uh, where's he going? Las Vegas? LA. <laughs> LA. Yeah. Or San Francisco. Sorry, not LA, but whatever. Somewhere in California. Yeah. So it just is not a very strong plot there. The Godzilla stuff is cool. But everything else in this movie is not super well done, except for one scene that I love, and it was the trailer when this movie was coming out, is the scene where they air jump down, and it's got like the choir singing in the background, and you can see like the the lighting effects they have is in the clouds. You can see when lightning strikes the big Godzilla, the Muto form, just in the clouds and debris in the city that is amazing and i wish more of the movie was actually like that it's so cool like i almost wish that was the introduction we had to godzilla in this i like when he first shows up don't get me wrong that's pretty cool but that scene is so awesome that should have been the introduction that would have been so cool because it sets up the scale so well 
because he's huge in this movie. Like, this is like the biggest he's been besides Shin Godzilla, maybe. Yeah, I think it's good as a climax, though. Like, that's the, the moment we've all been waiting for is the epicness of that. But I don't know. I mean, I guess if he could find ways to live up to it later, you know, <laughs> but I think it's smart to save that for the end. If it's going to be the best moment, which I'd agree, I think that is definitely the best moment. I wish they would have started the movie there and just made this like an hour and 20 minutes, maybe. We don't need the stuff going up to it. Like, sure, I guess it's decent, you know, exposition stuff. And you figure out what the Mutos are doing. But if they would have just started the movie there and then maybe like cut to a news article, since he loves to do that in this movie... Is like new segments on the TV. Just do that and catch us up on the rest of it. I think most of the the monster stuff though is pretty epic, no matter what. Like, I mean, it's kind of frustrating. I would agree that the the cutting away almost started feeling like it was a joke after a while. Like he was like, "Okay, we're doing this again. All right." And that is annoying, I think. But I mean, whenever they're on screen, even like the build up to like you see like the Mudo like walking away in his trail that he left behind. It's so cool. Or like Godzilla's entrance in the beginning, they'd kind of do it like the original where like you don't really get to see him at first. And it's like just like hints at him. His like tail's like winding around a building as he's going. There's some so many cool moments. The Mudo when he's like hunting those two uh, like military guys on the train tracks. Oh man, there's some really awesome imagery with it whenever the monsters are on screen. I think he nails the scale for most of this movie. Like just how small these people are in comparison to the monsters. Oh Yeah. That is the best part. And why this movie is watchable is because those scenes do deliver most of the time when they're not cutting away. My thing with Godzilla in this is most of the time he's on screen, he's not doing anything. He's not fighting for like, it feels like half the time he's on the screen. He's just standing around, you know? Get rid of Soldier Boy and put in some more stuff of Godzilla fighting or something, you know? I definitely would have preferred that, but the stuff we get, I think, is good. Just not exactly what I wanted. Yeah, the fights are good and the, like, the entrances are good, but I think he needed to do more in this film than what he did. The final fight's so cool. Like He does nail it when they do finally show him fighting the two Mudos. Like, that is really awesome. It, it is cool. I do agree. When he, like, tail slaps that one and just insta-kills it. And yeah. <laughs> then, like, <laughs> breathes nuclear blast down the other's throat. That was, like, epic. But it's like, up until then, you, you get his entrance, and then he stands around and looks menacing and roars some. And then they cut away before he fights. And then when you do... They do start fighting, and he isn't cutting away. The the Mutos are just kicking his butt for half of the movie, and then he just gets back up and decides to kill him. I I wanted him to do more than what he does in this. So I think that Godzilla looking the way he does and the scale and the CGI that they have to make Godzilla is so detailed that he can't do a lot. Because tell that to King um, of the Monsters. <laughs> well, yeah, that also came out. Um, what this came out twenty fourteen. That came five years after that. We've had pretty big advancements in like rendering technology and stuff since then. Not a 
ton, but like just the power and what you can do is a lot better. But I agree there is a lot more monster stuff in the next one. But just for this movie, um, the 3D model of Godzilla made up uh, 500,000 polygons and appeared in 327 shots. And this is IMDb trivia I'm reading here. And like I said earlier, if it would have been rendered on a single machine, this would have taken 450 years. That is crazy. Just the way Godzilla looks in this movie is awesome, but it also comes with some caveats to where he can't do as much, I think, with maybe budgetary reasons and, you know, time to render. Because if they mess up the animation, they got to go back and redo it. Yeah, but, I mean, you can work around that by having a good, like, human element to it, right? I know a lot of criticism in this and in King of the Monsters, too, is it's like they focus too much on the humans, which, I mean... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, but that's always been a thing in Godzilla movies. It's the quality of the human story that varies and sets the good ones apart from the bad ones in the most, for the most part. And that's where he fails. Like, the first act is great, and then he just throws it away for Soldier Boy. And I'm like, okay, it's not the only character um, he does that with, too, if... Ken Watanabe, I think that's how you say his last name, who plays Dr. Sarazawa. And he has nothing to do in this. Which is a shame. That guy's voice is like, mmm, like a spiced dark chocolate. Almost any other character could have been the focus of this besides Ford, I think. Even Elizabeth Olsen is like, actually, I think really good in this movie for the very little she has to do in it. Like, her scenes are almost heart-wrenching, like when she's like trying to hold herself together in front of her son and stuff. Man, it, that stuff was so good. And I was like, maybe we could make her the main character instead. Like, <laughs> just almost anybody has more emotion than Ford does. So I think part of it, too, is this movie came out in May. So around Memorial Day, you know, you have Fourth of July coming up as well. So it's very, you know, summer American blockbuster hit movie. And, you know, they had to have that representation in there. And it's not done very well, but I think that also maybe plays into it as well, why they did that decision. It's I don't agree with it, but I think it also, that may have something to do with it as well. It's an easy way to insert your character into the action, though. I mean, it is kind of a smart decision in that regard. Like, well, might as well put our main character in the military because that's what's going to be dealing with all these monsters, you know. He'll be close to the action, but they just it doesn't work quite right. All he does is just sit around, and then, like, the one time they need him for something, it's like a contrived reason for him to be there. It's like, come on, you could have at least given us, like, Will Smith from Independence Day, at least, you know? I don't know. I, I like... Aaron Taylor Johnson, but yeah, in this movie, he doesn't have like much to work with. I think it's more of the way they wrote his character and um, Gareth Edwards as the director. I think Gareth Edwards is good at these big set pieces, like the ending fight, the guys jumping out of the uh, the like orbit drop down, which they were up really high. That was super cool. I just love that scene. And, like, the big scene where the, like, Muto hatches the first time, you know? 
he's great at these big set pieces, but I don't think he knows how to do characters very well in his movies and direct that. I would disagree with that some because of monsters like monsters the characters are a lot better than that maybe not better than brian cranston and godzilla but like the the two leads in that they're so much better than anything aaron taylor johnson has to do in this movie like with rogue one when we talked about that i love the side characters in that movie but the main ones i don't like monsters it's been a while since i've seen it but I don't remember the characters being stand out at all. I remember just like the radiation zone and stuff, which he does have the radiation zone in this movie again. He recycles a lot of monsters in this. Yeah, so they're very similar, but I don't know. I think monsters is shorter too. I don't think this movie needed to be two hours and three minutes. Um, I don't think it justifies that like runtime very well. Because when it boils down to it, I mean, you can watch a two-hour and three-minute movie of Godzilla, or you can look up his nine minutes on screen on YouTube. Well, I mean, that's not counting the Mutos or anything either. There is a lot of monster stuff in this, I think, but it's just not always Godzilla. But I'm here for Godzilla. I want to watch Godzilla fight. I'm like that typical dude who's like, I just want to watch Godzilla smash stuff, and for me, this two-hour runtime does not justify that for me. Like, the stuff is cool, but I can look that up on YouTube. You know, like, to sit here and watch this movie for two hours the third time, I don't think it's worth it. It's important, though, to set up, like, Godzilla's bad guys and what they can do, too. So I like that we get a lot with the Mutos in this, um, partly because... They're new. There's something we haven't really seen before. Uh, and they're cool, too. I like how they look. I like how they function. They're, they're pretty neat. Um, they're scary. And it sets them up really well for when Godzilla does show up to start fighting them, too, which is nice. But, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you, Mike. But I'd say, like, watch the first act of the film. And then when Brian Cranston kicks the bucket, just watch the monster stuff on youtube <laughs> and sprinkle in like the monster stuff whenever they show up in there too from the middle and you're you're good you don't need anything i mean you'd miss elizabeth olsen stuff which which is a shame because she does really good but i mean it doesn't really matter yeah i agree i think i'm a little too harsh on it because this time it was just so frustrating to watch it and like you see a cool scene you're like oh godzilla's going towards the muto and then it like cuts away <laughs> and i'm like oh like it was just so frustrating this time but this is also the third time i've watched it yeah i mean i think they spread out enough monster stuff for me like personally like it is get boring i'll agree with that for sure but like, there's enough of it, like, spread out within this movie that I'd never, like, him completely zoned out. Um, sometimes they they babble a little too long about some of the science stuff, but, you know, some of that's kind of interesting, too. I like learning about the Mutos, yeah, their origins, their backstories, Godzilla, what they think he's doing, hoping that he's here to help and not just kill everybody. There is some decent stuff in the middle, I would say, but it's just, yeah, the characters, that's just what's dragging it down. Mm-hmm, and since he's, Godzilla's not in it, 
very much that's what needed to be really good in this movie. <laughs> Which I would say it is, but it's just not enough. The first act it is, and then afterwards it's... Uh. <laughs> I mean, all his entrances are awesome. His fight scenes are awesome. They just don't have enough scenes of him actually fighting. No, 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 not not Godzilla. Like, the, the human stuff. I'm, the human stuff needed to be good. That's one of the things, too, I think, is that they knew the big set pieces they wanted to get to, but they didn't really know how to get to them super well, I don't think. And it, it does show because there is some cool disaster like scenes in this. Like I I love the scene where they have this aerial shot of everybody trying to get out of the city because Godzilla's coming and the Mutos are coming. And it's got all the cars like piled up there. And I'm like, that's what it looks like when there's a hurricane coming <laughs> in Florida or something. So they do have some of that stuff there, but it, it just kind of feels like very weak between all these big set pieces yeah i mean and also i think like the shots are all really good too which is nice um it's a it's a really beautiful film to watch yeah like some really great imagery in this which also keeps me invested yeah the big set pieces are on point except it is too dark in a lot of the movie i think which is unfortunate the the train stuff yeah oh i love the train stuff i thought that was all really good it was cool but it was super dark when they're like hiding on the tracks and the mutos there yeah i love that it looks cool but i think it need to be a little bit more bright i get that it was probably that dark to hide the cgi because that is one thing you notice when they have big cgi set pieces they'll try and hide it in like smoke or dark or something because it's a lot cheaper to do it that way you know and it's a lot easier they do that in king of the monsters too yeah king of the monsters does it a lot but at least king of the monsters has more like color in it like everybody has a different flame breath or whatever and then you've got godzilla powering up and like melting everything is awesome <laughs> you know yeah the Mutos had the red though like the the red eyes and like the glowing like they had like gills or something that were glowing red that looked really cool yeah yeah they look good i just wish it wasn't so dark all the time like that awesome shot at the end when it's all daylight and he's walking into the water he just hobbling away <laughs> <laughs> he's had enough yeah i don't know i didn't mind the darkness but i i could see it though it, it makes sense to me I, I don't mind it for the most part, but this one, it should have cranked that brightness up just a bit, I think, would have helped out. It does help that I have a nice TV, too, because I remember watching it on my older TV when I got it for the first time. I could barely see what was happening in some of those scenes, so... Yeah, I mean, the last time I watched it was on some cheapo, like, tiny TV, too, and then I watched it, I have this really nice one now... And I watched it, I was like, wow, this looks awesome. So maybe that's why I thought it looked really good, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, it does look better if you have a better TV. I think this movie was specifically, like, geared towards watching in the theater as well, and even at IMAX. Um, I can't remember back, and I haven't looked it up, but I think this was really big, you know, like, hoo-ha for an IMAX movie back then. And I agree, that's the way to watch this movie, if you can. I don't know if they'll ever show it in an IMAX again. But if you can see a big monster movie, 
Watch it in IMAX. That's the way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. Really helps with the scale, too, or adds to it. Yeah, it just looks so cool. And when they, like, roar, because, you know, every monster does, it, it just sounds so good with those massive speakers and stuff. His roar's iconic, right? I mean, they've kept that around forever since the original. And they, they keep it in this one, too, for the most part. Like, that real high-pitched scream, almost, type thing. They keep that in this, which is awesome, because they didn't have that in the other American attempt at a Godzilla movie. So it's really nice that they brought it back, and they updated it, of course. And I think it's pretty good. Um, if they wouldn't have had the the original like scream in there then it would have been just like another generic roar you know but since they kept that in um added a little more effects to it i i think i like it it works still it does sound really cool um and it fits with uh the new godzilla look very well yeah because he's he's a chunky boy in this he is. I love how thick he is. He's gummy thick. He is. Yeah, sometimes I was a little iffier on the look, and sometimes I liked it. It depends, I guess. He, sometimes he just feels too chunky. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. But um, other times I think he looks awesome, so I, I, I guess it's just what angle you're looking at him from, maybe. <laughs> sometimes we don't get to see his best angles. I think I kind of prefer the, like, Shin Godzilla look, you know? It's just more bizarre, more horrifying, I think. That one's really cool. It, it's interesting. There's so many, like, incarnations of Godzilla. They all do something a little bit different. I like this new one for the most part. I'm I'm with TV a bit. I do think he's a bit too chunky. Um, He's a bit too thick. I wish he was a little bit a little bit slimmer. I really like his face though in this one. Like I think they did a real good job on his face and like his plates. What do you call those? Dorsal fins. Yeah, I was thinking his dorsal fins and stuff. Like I really like the design. It's just a little too thick for me because he's pretty agile in some of the older <laughs> Godzilla movies. But I, I know they're trying to set a, set themselves apart too, and it does look good. Like Godzilla looks awesome in this, and so do the Mutos and everything. Like it, it's superb CGI. It's awesome. It's great, and it lends itself to how they kind of added in a lot more like lower growls and bassy tones to his roar in this one. It's a good interpretation. Yeah, I'm just nitpicking at it a little bit. That's all right. We've been doing that the whole time. <laughs> I don't know which is my favorite Godzilla, to be honest. I kind of like the Heisei era suit quite a bit. That one feels really classic to me for some reason. But Shin Godzilla, the like the creepiness of the final form is probably my favorite. Yeah, that one's the coolest looking Godzilla for sure. I do kind of feel bad for the Mutas in this, like, in a weird way. They just want to find love, man. And Godzilla just popping in, being the third wheel. And like, <laughs> he said, no, you two aren't going to finally have happiness and children. I'm going to stop this. It's true that all the humans celebrate it when the children are murdered. <laughs> <laughs> man, the roar that Muto makes when it sees its like eggs explode. 
oh, that was actually like, I kind of felt a little twang in my heart. It's like, ow, yeah, that, that would be kind of sad, huh? Yeah, I felt bad for him. Yeah, they've been talking forever in hibernation. Hey, you up? <laughs> I'm up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Come over. I'm in America alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Muto promptly uh, sprouts wings <laughs> and flies. And Godzilla's like the angry parent who like is like looking at the kid's text and he's like, oh, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> he's the angry dad. He's like, not on my watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. I hadn't looked at it that way, but you're you're right on there. Like with the whole nature, you know, like metaphor, they're just existing there. They finally meet each other. They're like nuzzling. Like, it's like, oh, that's kind of nice. But then you kind of like remind yourself, oh, yeah, San Francisco is like an, a dust cloud now. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool, though, that they don't just portray them as absolutely evil. There's a few moments where you can sympathize with them. Yeah, I like how after Godzilla, you know, defeats the Mutos, he just takes a nap there. Yeah. I guess the, the thing is, is he dead or what? Like, they try and play it that way, but it just kind of looks like when my dog is done playing fetch, she just, like, sleeps wherever she's at. <laughs> that's <laughs> I was what like, he was that's, doing. That's Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, he did get his butt beat for, like, half the movie, too, so... He was getting teamed up on. Something I thought was weird about that ending thing was, like, the news thing that was, like, savior of the city. And I was like, I don't know if we're ready to jump to that <laughs> conclusion yet. Like, he definitely helped out. But <laughs> I don't think anybody's quite sure what he's doing, you know, at least human-wise. That's why I was so confused. I'm confused, too, now, Fox, because of the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong, right? Because this one, like, they play him up as the hero in this, and they do it more and. King of the Monsters, and then, like, the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong, they're like, Godzilla's destroying the city. It's like, oh, he's the bad guy. We need Kong to beat up Godzilla. And I'm like, huh? What are you doing? Like, you just built him up as, like, going to take out all the other monsters and those other two movies. Like, what? what's going on? <laughs> I think they set it up in King of the Monsters. I might be wrong, but there is a line about, like, Someday we might be the enemy if we continue down our path of, you know, like just the environment. Godzilla's not like necessarily our protector. He's all about balance. And if the humans shift the balance, then he's going to turn on us too. Like we're not safe from his wrath either. So that's, that's what kind of what I think they're going for with that. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like Godzilla as the bad guy though. I, I kind of like, it's, it's fun to see him evil because he, I've seen a lot of movies with him good, and I mean, he's maybe he's not evil, you know, in a certain point of view. he's I see the Godzilla as the good guy, you know, he's cleaning up the environment. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. It's just, it, it's just weird. Like, all them other ones, it's like they pick which one they want to do, you know? And then this one, since they're all connected, it's kind of weird to shift it, but it, that's just speculation, too. We won't know. We'll find out. I'm there's other stuff at King of the Monsters that could be the reasoning behind it that they've set up. Who knows? There's I'm sure they've got a writing reason what he's doing what he's doing, so we'll just have to see if we like it or not. What'd you guys think of the music in this? Excellent. I loved it. 
Boo, I say. Man, I'm pretty sure the, like, foreboding theme, kind of at the beginning when they're, like, finding the cave, I'm, like, 90% certain it's, like, Dr. Evil's theme in Austin Powers. What? <laughs> like, man, this is the most generic, like, foreboding theme I have ever heard. Which, even in the trivia, they talk about that it's from other movies. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I like it. It's so simple, yet it's so good. Get more original, I says. It is very much like four notes, yeah, but I liked it. I didn't have a problem with it, and I absolutely loved the music with the choir. That's because it's from Space Odyssey. Oh, is it? Really? But well, it I mean, I, <laughs> But yeah, it, it worked good. <laughs> it was really cool. I don't know. You know what bugs me just because like, the classic Godzilla theme is so cool. I just think it's super rad and iconic and unique. And this is just blockbuster music. Yeah, I like that they went their own route, but I would agree that it's not like as iconic as, say, yeah, the old movie ch- scores and stuff. I'm just glad they went with an orchestral um, score for a lot of this. That's fair. It could have easily been Nolan noises. You're right. Yeah, we could have got the stupid oh. Inception. Oh. That would have fit, though. I that might be nice. No, <laughs> no we got Stop. Godzilla roaring. That's good enough for that. I kind of like Nolan noises. We don't need double roars. I mean, it's like... Look at the music in this and then look at the like trailer for Godzilla versus Kong and listen to that music and it's like oh you know that trailer's pretty rad love it what with the like metal guitar and the rap that's so cool the rap no that's so bad it gets stuck in my head every time you kidding me that's so bad give me the orchestra every time over that crap no I mean, and that's not gonna. It might be in the movie at the end or something, but I don't think that's gonna be what the score actually sounds like. Godzilla vs. Kong has released a couple like tracks from the movie, and the the theme is very much in homage to the original, but not quite. But I like that trailer. That hypes me up. Mm. I'm I'm very 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 skeptical on that movie still, but you know, you telling me you can't see Godzilla coming up out of the ocean. You know, he's got his arms up, and it's like, X-Con, give it to you in the background. I would watch Come that. On. I, I would do it. <laughs> Man, hip-hop Godzilla, that would be cool. But Yeah, I think the score's fine. It's, I mean, it, I like it, but I, would, I kind of do agree with you, Fox, that it's not necessarily super memorable. It's got some great sweeping orchestral stuff, especially at the start, like when they're gathering all the clues and stuff like that. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Hmm, well, do we have anything else we talk about? Are we ready for some overall presentation? I think I'm ready. I could do it. Let's do it. What's the scale, TV? So we have a scale that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel, and then we try to average our scores out at the end. So who knows where we'll land? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember, you know, one time... Uh, you know, I was texting this person. We were getting really along, and, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a spark kind of going on, and I was really excited to finally meet up with him. So I was like, you know what? Let's. We were both in uh, California at the time, both hanging out in San Francisco. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go. Let's just meet. You know, let's just head to San Francisco down downtown, and we'll just we'll meet up. 
And as I'm heading that way, I, out of the corner of my eye, I see a quite angry Mike storming towards me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he, he came, he pushed me down, and he said, I know where you're going, and I don't think so. I'll be getting there first. And he just kept walking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, you know what, Mike? You'll be going first this time, dang it. Just had to make sure they were they were worth it, TV. I just had, that's, that's it. <laughs> I just had to go check it out first. Very suspicious. Like I said before, with Godzilla movies, I just really like to watch big monsters fight and have like a fun popcorn movie. And when Godzilla is on screen and you can see him fighting clearly, he looks amazing and it's so much fun and like the whole roar and when he like breathes fire down that Muto's like mouth. That is awesome. And I love that stuff. I just wish it was more of the movie because the rest of the stuff in the movie, you know, I could kind of leave it. Uh, I'm going to give this a watch it because I did really enjoy this the first time I watched it. Um, I think after these subsequent watches, I have definitely found more stuff to nitpick about. So I think this might be a just watch it once to get ready for the, the final one or the next movie, King of the Monsters, which I am looking forward to watching King of the Monsters again. I had a blast watching that. So watch it. Godzilla 2014 for Mike. I think I'm kind of maybe the opposite of Mike on this one. You know, what I really appreciate about the few Godzilla movies I have seen is that they're, they're more than just a monster movie. There's, there's something deeper that makes it kind of, kind of creepy, you know, a little creepy, a little intimidating sometimes. And this is really just a summer blockbuster to me, you know, um, big monster fights. And then, yeah, I don't know. Nothing about it really stands out to me. Like for all I know, kick-ass soldier boy and his squad are the same guys from the transformers movies and this is just another day for them <laughs> so i think uh yeah oh no it's gotta go 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 it's a pass <laughs> for me <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah i don't know i just i i think i like the other godzilla's movies a little more and i do appreciate some of the subsequent films in this universe but this first one just wasn't it wasn't my favorite Fair enough. You know, I think I've got I've got mixed feelings on it. I think overall I like it more than I don't though. The characters are not great. Um there are some good characters in it, but they're very underutilized and their main focus um is kind of boring and not very exciting. But luckily there's a lot of nice um imagery in this. There's some pretty cool monster fights. It does get frustrating when they cut away from Godzilla right and he's about to take down the monster. I think they do it like two or three times. It almost does feel like <laughs> they're playing a joke on me a little bit. I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit like the last time they did it, but it was still like kind of a chuckle and defeat, like, oh. <laughs> but the stuff that he does do with the monsters is awesome, I think. The scale is amazing. The Mutos are super creepy. They have some really cool set pieces, and I think that's enough. They sprinkle it enough throughout to keep me invested, even if I don't care so much about the characters. And the final fight is really good. This Godzilla is like the interpretation they come up with for this new American Godzilla. It's pretty cool. I like what they do with him. The, the He looks good for the most part, besides like some minor complaints about the thickness. But yeah, I, I, I like this interpretation. And I think this is a really solid start to the, the MonsterVerse. And 
It's only gone up from here. I'll say that. So I'm gonna give it a watch. It though, I think it's worth checking out for sure. Yeah, I I flip flop a lot on this one. Um, I I was I am like Mike. I did really enjoy this the first time I saw it in the IMAX. Um, that was awesome. But subsequent viewings, it gets to be a chore at times, especially with the decisions that were made in this movie, which just boggle my mind. I'm never going to get why they put such a big emphasis on Cranston in that first act just to kill him off and replace him with kick-ass. I know what he wanted to do, but it just doesn't work with how he, they structured it. That's the the biggest downfall of this is the story and the characters, unfortunately, because you don't get much Godzilla in this. So the characters needed to be good, and they're not for the most part. Um, we have a lot of great actors in here who aren't given much to do, and Gareth Edwards has done a lot better with characters in, in his past movies, so I know he can do it. But... That being said, too, this movie does do a lot of stuff right with Godzilla, and Gareth Edwards shows that he actually cares about Godzilla and, like, where he's from, and trying to get him right is very important. It's a step in the right direction, even if I have a lot of criticisms with the how they did it. I think I'll give it a watch because of that. Probably a soft watch, though, because I, I don't think this one is like some, one you're going to want to watch multiple times. Maybe just once to see how they kicked this whole thing off, but there, there's a lot better ones you can go to than this. I do own it, though. <laughs> yes, as do I, yes. <laughs> Look, I, at this point, I have to buy each one, it feels like. I've got them all right now, so I was, I was like, well, another one for the collection, all right. All 32 Godzilla movies? Yeah, I think I, well, except for, like, the Netflix originals, I've got them all. Whoa. Yep, I know. I'm so cool, aren't I? <laughs> hey have you seen those netflix originals are they any good i like them yeah i like well i like the first one and the third one yeah you gotta know going in that it's 3d animation and it's garbage like it looks awful but it's got a cool story it's it's kind of that same style as batman ninja um where it's like it, well, at least for me, it felt like when they're like holding still and like it's like a really slow moving stuff, it looks really good, I think. But yeah, when it's like fast moving people, it looks really clunky and weird. Oh, like flattened CG. Yeah, yeah. The third one's my favorite. I think it's really cool. But um, so I'd say it's worth checking out just yeah, if you're ever curious. Well, there you have it. I guess that's a watch it, right? For Godzilla 2014. Yep, yep. Sorry, Fox, but it seems we've dragged it out of the depths. If I'm not wrong, I think you're a little more excited for what we're about to watch next week. I'm so excited for this. I'm not going to lie. Because we're watching Kong Skull Island next. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. I want King of the Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, I wouldn't want to show my hand, I forgot. So. The, I forgot about this movie. <laughs> what? Oh. What? <laughs> 
Like, I remember that it was a thing, but I was just so pumped to watch King of the Monsters. Yeah, you gotta wait a little longer for that one, Mike, but yeah. Next week's Kong. Yeah. Be sure to tune in next week and listen to that. But in the meantime, where can they send us their thoughts on Godzilla TV? Oh, yeah. Hit us up, guys. Yeah, we're on social media, Facebook or Twitter. You can just look up Run the Real. Or uh, you can even just email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your thoughts about Godzilla. Yeah, what do you think about this one? Because, yeah, we've got some mixed feelings on it, obviously. So I'd love to hear your guys' stances on it. Too thick or not thick enough? Chunky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, be sure to get in contact with us. We'd really appreciate to hear from you. Thanks for listening to us tonight. This is Run The Real, signing off. <laughs>